Hello, this is Elizabeth Spring at NorthNodeAstrology.com, and today we're going to be talking about Pluto, the archetypal planet of death and rebirth, the phoenix. So it's going to be a good show, and I'm going to be sharing um, some of my book, North Node Astrology, Rediscovering Your Life Direction and Soul Purpose. So come along. Um, actually, I'm going to start and tell you a little bit about this. The uh, Chapter 9 in the book is called Pluto's Ruthless Orchestration of Fate. Pluto's transits have everything to do with what makes you feel crummy. You feel as if you're falling apart. That's the way it strikes at first. Sickness, divorce, moving house, changing jobs, the Uranus opposition and midlife menopause can all fall into that realm. Although the feeling of of weariness or even death is metaphorical most of the time, you still feel it in your bones, this dying and being reborn sensation. The phoenix-like nature of Pluto is powerful and ultimately purges us of us of our worst habits and karmic weaknesses. It appears unwarranted and uncalled for and just plain unjust and unnecessary, but apparently the great orchestra leader has a different idea for us. And this chapter is called Pluto's Ruthless Orchestration of Fate, Called or Not Called, God is Present. And I like to remember uh, that quote that Carl Jung had up in his house, and which I also have in my office, called or not called, God is present. I think that is at the heart of a Pluto transit. All right, so come on along today and let's get into it some more. Hello again. So today we're going to be talking about the profound archetype of Pluto. And anybody who has had a Pluto transit will verify that Pluto's transits are are nothing to be messed with. So it's, it's helpful to know a little bit about them. Because the first part feels destructive and disintegrating because by its nature, by its phoenix-like nature, it has to tear down before it can build up again. Just like a a contractor goes into a neighborhood and tears down a house first before he can build a new one. It doesn't look so pretty at first, but it has to be done that way. So Pluto brings up and irritates and hopefully heals those south node default patterns we've been discussing. It ultimately changes things for the better or at least on our deathbed, we might say it changed things for the better. Now, the word ruthless is a word that is commonly associated with Pluto, partially because ruthless seems so unbending in our efforts to change it. The really difficult moments of transiting Pluto are when we feel the hand of fate moving through our lives and changing without our permission the orchestration of our lives. That's why the words surrender and let it go so often come up at these times. We deal with Pluto best when we allow ourselves to let go 
of every image we have of how it all should be and how it should look. Now, when Pluto comes into your life by transit, that is when it hits a hot spot on your chart, such such as a, a conjunction or squaring your sun or a personal planet, you know something's about to undergo a metamorphosis. The ego is usually under attack in some way, or the part of your ego that is tied up with your south node complexes are involved. Most people feel overwhelmed and attacked at these times. As your ego fragments under pressure, your inner voices start screaming, and it's easy to project those attacking inner voices onto other people around you. We regress and lose our maturity at these times, and there's nothing to do but endure and trust the process until there is a moment of palpable shift and insight, which will come. There will probably be many of these attacks and insights or regressive acting out times, followed by little aha epiphanies. Ooh, it can be quite tiring. Pluto transits are long, often lasting a couple of years, and they have two parts, a deconstruction, de- integration phase and a reconstruction reintegration phase. The first part of the transit involves the disintegrating phase. Sometimes this deconstruction part, if it's not resisted, can simply feel like the closing of one chapter of your life. The reconstruction part is where we open the new chapter and it can be like having physical therapy. We keep at it because we know we're in a healing process. We endure and hold on. Examine your south node shadow as well at these times to see what you can do and where you could possibly take on more responsibility. And this is the time to look at your particular north node medicine and use it. Now, wherever the south node and Pluto is located in your birth chart points to an area of deep karmic wounding. And from that wounding, there evolves a behavioral distortion or a complex. We all have this in varying degrees. The good news is that when we have a Pluto transit or a powerful transit to our south node, we get to revisit this at some level and to make it better. In a sense, we are getting a chance to be reborn. We can often feel the sense of fate involved, the hand of God orchestrating all this. And so it actually brings us closer to God, our life purpose, and what the Jungians call the transcendent function. The suffering involved is a high price to pay, but ultimately worth it. The less resistance we offer, the less suffering there is. As the Buddhist author Pema Chodron once said, suffering is optional. So when you see this transit coming, you look at the planets and houses involved and get a sense for what area of your life will be reborn. But before you let out a huge sigh, let's ponder this a moment. Pluto holds the potential for great healing and renewed personal power. And there's a secret that Pluto holds. Yes, uh, you can skip to the 
<laughs> end of this podcast and get a quick look, but you can take, if you take a few minutes now, let's start at the beginning. Now, what do you think of when you think of the word alchemy? Do you think of obscure etchings in ancient books where the alchemist astrologer hovered over a crucible seeking to distill the philosopher's stone? Do you remember how he was supposedly trying to find the meaning of life by transmuting lead into gold? Astrological symbols infused these strange images that were meant to both teach and conceal teachings that were thought to be too advanced for the ordinary man. But we have an advantage. Because we understand the language of astrology, we don't need to be an occultist or of royal blood to apply what they thought was esoteric. We can translate the abstract text and practice real alchemy in our lives. The ancient alchemists knew that there was power in transforming the base metals or the base emotions into gold. Whether it was the melancholy Saturnian lead or Plutonian shit, that modern term for all that is dark, disagreeable, and troublemaking in our lives, they knew that if we didn't transform it, we would project or transmit this negative energy to others, laying the blame on them, and the results would not be pleasant. Simply put, one transforms or one transmits. Surrendering is the process of transformation. <clears throat> that is one of Pluto's key secrets. We need to willingly submit ourselves to the transformation rather than resist it. And if we can gather up whatever trust we have in the process of our life and in the astrological saying that this too shall pass, then we are better prepared to submit. So if fate, through the hands of Pluto, is going to transform us, then our response to the summons is really quite exciting. We have power in our response. And here's where we need to look again at the higher octaves of our nodes and say, now is the time to activate them. Let's take an example. Let's say you have transiting Pluto conjuncting your Venus or your progressed Venus conjuncting natal Pluto. Similar situation. But what's Pluto got to do with this? What's love, Venus, got to do with it? Quite simply, we have to look at what happens when we put desirous Venus together with Pluto, god of the underworld. Uncomfortable bedmates for sure, but like Persephone and Hades, very powerful. We know Venus is about beauty, love, and the striving for harmonious relationships. And Pluto is the uncontrollable urge to go deeper and transform. The Venus way of desire is the positive yearning for something and has a sweet flavor. We can deal with the juicy desires of Venus without complaint, but the deeper realms of Pluto are shrouded in unconsciousness and are seldom dealt with proactively. They happen to us through all degrees of unpleasantness, yet still we remember that the universe is not out to hurt us. It's just that most of us don't change till the situation gets very intense. Plutonium circumstances seem to come at us from others. 
or from external circumstances and force us to look at what we don't want to look at and corners us into making a change. Now, Pluto's favorite stomping grounds are relationships and not the easy ones, the ones that matter, the ones that stir your ambition or hormones or survival urges. So whether we're talking about Pluto-Venus aspects or simply any Pluto aspect, know that it's going to enter the relationship realm at some point. Relationships can be life-transforming, and we enter in them, into them willingly because we are drawn by the chemistry or the possibilities of the encounter. And though you may be thinking of good sex here, it's also about deep friendship, relationships with your brother or sister, and even the relationship you have with your boss that hints of possibilities not included in the employee manual. So two of Pluto's ruthless swords are envy and jealousy. The good news is that envy is the highest form of flattery. Remember that one? You wish you had those looks, that position, that relationship, or that house. And it may make you uncomfortable to see your lack. Can you admit that? But the high road here is to use this feeling as a guidepost, a wake-up call, and a directional map. You don't have to go unconscious and drop into the resentful emotions of jealousy. Instead, you can choose to embody and be that which you desire. You can follow your destiny. And yes, you might just need to have what it is you feel envious about. But before you despair and argue that it just can't happen, think about it. It doesn't mean that you must have that particular person, job, or educational advantage specifically, but you can have or become what it very deeply symbolizes for you. Here's where even a little understanding of alchemy can help. In relationships, and in particular Venus-Pluto contacts, what needs to be understood first is who's right or justified in the situation, yes? Who's got the most shit, right? No. Pluto has come along because something was old or stuck or rigid and needed to die and be reborn. Pluto doesn't care who's right or wrong. It is simply ruthless in its demand for change, reform, and rebirth. And it doesn't care if you are the innocent party or not. And because Plutonian feelings are so unpleasant, we all love to point the finger of blame somewhere else. Remember that the central law of projection is that whatever is unconscious will be either repressed or will show up in the other person, maybe even at your therapist or best friend, for not warning you that your lover acts like a jerk most of the time. Projecting the the blame may ease your conscience and may be completely true, but it doesn't make the pain go away. Something is dying, and eventually a new birth will take place, but the labor is never easy. But you can get the good feelings back and reclaim your soul. If you want to have a relationship with Mr. or Mrs. Unattainable, or have whatever Pluto has taken away from you, then you've got to play at the level of Pluto. Suffer the lack of it. 
Feel and see what it is you desire. Name it. Pray and sing and swear about it. Then wait and let die whatever is holding you back from getting it. Then you reclaim yourself and your power in a new way. You may feel like you're dying, but don't stop at the death part. Keep going and make the little changes and wait even without hope. Hope at this point might be hope for the wrong thing. Just do what needs to be done. Take that 12-step program or weight loss plan or go back to school or do whatever you need to do to bring the essence of what you desire into your life. Move into the, the labor knowing you are birthing. Know that you are coming into your power and that you are creating that which you most desire. Now, part of the alchemical secret is in knowing that it's not always about the literal object of your desire. Alchemists would say they were looking for gold, but it wasn't the literal gold they wanted, although that would have been an acceptable byproduct. It's also about what is behind the person or thing and how it all makes you feel. And there are many ways of getting at that. Use your desire to make the connections to other people in a new way of life. Create a transforming new crucible by eliminating what is not essential to your highest purpose. Release the old patterns, person, or situation in whatever way you feel called to do and begin to get slowly out of that stew. It won't feel good at first to let go of what you've been obsessing about, but here's where the secret is. And it's an old Jungian concept. And by Jungian in these uh, podcasts, I'm always talking about uh, the Carl Jung and his theories. So here's the secret, and it's an old Jungian concept that is indeed a miracle. Now, Carl Jung wouldn't call it that, but I will. You've got to hold the tension of the opposites, the pain of the situation, and just wait. You need to hang on the cross of your own suffering and simply wait, holding on to the awareness that you see no solution right now. But as you hang there, feeling the impossibility of it all, and not trying to escape to a quick addiction or release, you will eventually see the appearance of the, quote, the sacred third. A new idea or feeling starts to arise from holding this tension of the opposites. And as you begin to sift through the muck, you'll now be able to distill flickers of insight there. Use them to fuel your new actions, and new life. Then you'll be well on your way to understanding what the philosopher alchemist knew, that what does not destroy you does make you stronger, and that nothing has the power to destroy your essence without your consent. But the secret here is in the waiting. All right. I hope that was interesting for you for today, you're always invited to 
write me at elizabethspring at aol.com or to visit me at my website, elizabethspring.com, which is now changing to northnodeastrology.com. Thanks for dropping by today. Bye-bye for now. (laughs) 